Hey, this is Lori from Hike, where we explore, wander, and live. So this week, I take you to Acadia National Park. It was definitely a spur-of-the-moment trip for my oldest daughter and I. We only had a day to spend in the park and surrounding area, so in this episode, I'll give you some background info on the park, resources in my show notes where you can learn so much more than what we'll cover today, and I'll take you on the highlights of our off-season one-day adventure as we explore Acadia. So first of all, you might ask, you know, is it possible to spend just one day in Acadia in the off season and still feel like it was worth it? Well, I'm going to tell you um, it's a resounding yes for me. So I'll give you a little bit of background why and some reasons. But first, why don't we learn a little bit about Acadia National Park? Acadia National Park, for the most part, sits on an island in Maine. Oh, and if you're native to the area, can you please help me settle this question? Is it pronounced Mount Desert or Mount Desert? The research I've done says it's desert. So it's actually the fifth smallest of the national parks, but it's in the top 10 of the visited. So even though it's small, uh, many people go up to visit. And it's one of the most beautiful parks in the United States. So it was created in 1916. And actually, I found Acadia is its third name. Acadia has the highest rocky headlands, along the Atlantic coast in the United States and has more than 3 million visitors exploring its seven peaks that are above 1,000 feet. And actually, um, it does contain 26 mountains, 158 miles of hiking trails, and 45 miles of carriage roads with 16 stone bridges along those roads. Actually, when we visited, the carriage roads were closed in April for what they call mud season. But I really found the history about the carriage roads interesting, and I thought I'd share a little bit. So John D. Rockefeller Jr. um, contributed 11,000 acres of land, but one of his biggest contributions was designing and overseeing the carriage roads, which were created between 1913 and 1940. So uh, Acadia really has a system of roads that crisscross through the park, but aren't open to automobile traffic. Another uh, couple of interesting things or things to note about the park, fees are required from May to to October. So actually when we went, um, it was fee-free. And there is a park loop road, which is 27 miles long and usually takes about three to four hours to drive the length of that loop road. But it closes starting December 1st and it doesn't open until mid-April. So when we went, we weren't uh, allowed to go along the whole loop, but there's a section of it that stays open and that's part of what we use to explore the park. So I'll tell you a little bit more about that as well. Another thing is... The park itself has four front country campgrounds. Um, and one thing to note is that there are no backcountry camping allowed. So there's no backcountry camping in this national park. So just something uh, to take note if you're someone who really likes camping in the backcountry. If you want to take your four-legged furry friend, you're in luck because most of the trails do allow uh, your pet to go with you as long as uh, you keep your pet leashed. But some of the spots in the park, such as uh, Sand Beach and a couple of the other beach spots, uh, do not allow uh, pets along along the shore. So to start out, 
um, kind of where we stayed. We stayed overnight in a quaint little motor inn called the Yankee Clipper Motel. And so it's in Belfast, Maine, and it's about an hour's drive to Acadia. And um, I really liked Yankee Clipper. It was advertised as a 1950s motel that's completely redesigned for the modern traveler. I couldn't agree more. The rooms were so nice. They were updated. We didn't get a lot of time to explore downtown Belfast, but what we could tell, I mean, it was really cute. There's a lot of shops uh, geared for both tourists and locals, and there's things such as boat tours along the river and into the bay. I wish we'd had more time to explore there, but it's definitely a place I think I'll revisit when I get a little more time and opportunity to visit Maine again. So when we got up, I knew that we wanted to see the sunrise, and ideally it would have been at Acadia, but uh, we decided to catch the 6 a.m. sun a little closer, and so it's just outside of Belfast. We went to Moose Point State Park, which is just in the next town over, right near the dividing line between Belfast and Searsport. It was a very chilly morning, but a gorgeous sunrise over Penobscot Bay. Moose Point doesn't have camping, but it does have some day use facilities, and the park doesn't officially open until Memorial Day. But we did see a couple of other vehicles, and along with them, we just parked at the gate and headed down to the water. And speaking of moose, there were no moose to be seen at Moose Point State Park or at Acadia, although my daughter really did have her heart set on seeing one. After a chilly but beautiful sunrise, we packed up our things and we headed to Acadia. Uh, you know, it was a very much seat of our pants type of trip, and I hadn't done much research on the park except to know that there were some key places that I wanted to visit, such as Cadillac Mountain. Now, if you've heard of Cadillac Mountain, um, it's kind of famous for being the highest point on the North Atlantic seaboard in the U.S. and also the first place to see the sunrise, um, the sunrise over the horizon during early October to early March. Um, however, when we got there, the gate was closed. Um, it wasn't reopened yet because there is a road that actually goes up to the summit. But of course, you know, as luck would have it, we were in the off season. So while I wanted to head up there and see the panoramic views, I also knew that it was going to be a seven to eight mile round trip hike and really wasn't something that my daughter and I wanted to spend a big amount of time on since we only had a day and we wanted to hit up a few different spots. So we decided to regroup and kind of wing it from there and just said, okay, we're going to enjoy the rest of our trip and we'll see where it takes us. So while we were driving, my daughter pulled up a couple of places that she really wanted to see that we could reach. And that was Sand Beach and Thunderhole. So Sand Beach ended up being our first stop where we were able to get out and stretch our legs and walk along the sand. Um, there were no crowds and there were like maybe two or three others walking on the other end of the beach. So it really felt like we had it all to ourselves and, uh, it was really gorgeous. There was blue sky. Uh, we stayed for a little while. We looked at the clam shells and we walked along the, the pink beach sand and it was just really a nice relaxing, um, experience with her. And Sand Beach is situated in a small inlet that's between the Granite Mountains and the Rocky Shore. So you access it via the Park Loop Road, and that's, you know, definitely the place that remains open during the off-season. So I recommend having that be a place that you see when you go to Acadia. And then from there, another thing that I highly recommend is to take the two-mile uh, one-way ocean path trail that follows the Rocky Shore to Thunderhole and then on to Otter Cliff. 
So it's an easy trail, but it allows for amazing access to the rocks. And in fact, there were several stair paths extending where my daughter and I could peek out and stare at the ocean and uh, spend some time, you know, soaking it all in. So I recommend it because it's a nice introduction to Acadia and it's not strenuous at all. So um, most anyone in your party should be able to, to do that. And you can also take the road to these spots. But again, I recommend getting out, taking the walk and being in nature. So just less than a mile in, you'll reach Thunder Hole. So we arrived at low tide, so there wasn't much thundering at all. As you imagine, it's named for the sound that the waves make when they roll into that little inlet. Uh, from what I read, the splash from Thunder Hole can reach 40 feet high. So if you look it up, you know, on the internet, you can see pictures of, of that huge spray in the air. But the seas were calm on this morning and barely lapping against the uh, the granite. So we just kind of sat there and imagined the sound and view as we as we took it in. So from there, we kept on going to reach Otter Cliff, and this is where the trail passes a section of beautiful rounded rocks where you can chill out for a while, you can have a picnic, you can just kind of meditate and relax. For most of the path, um, it does follow alongside the Park Loop Road, uh, but when you get closer to Otter Cliff, it diverges and it goes into uh, the wooded area. And that's where we came along sections that were extremely icy, we tried to make it as far as we could, but my daughter was wearing tennis shoes. So although I had my hiking boots on, we decided that we were going to double back and take the road up the rest of the way. Otter Cliff is 110 feet tall and one of the highest coastal headlands north of Rio de Janeiro. And actually, when I was looking up facts about it, it's a heavily used climbing area in Acadia, um, along with uh, some you know, filmmaking that's been done there. So I would say the views along Ocean Path, they're definitely breathtaking. I would recommend uh, take your time as you walk the route and really enjoy the scenery there. So after we went to Otter Cliff, we turned back and we headed back the two miles to our parked car and we decided to stop into Bar Harbor and check out the downtown. And we had some post-walk ice cream for lunch and we stopped at Ben and Bill's Chocolate Emporium. And again, we were the only ones there inside. I had the sea salt caramel ice cream and it was really um, super delicious. So I recommend uh, taking a stop in there. After our ice cream lunch, we checked out uh, the shops in Bar Harbor and definitely, um, you know, some great little tourist stops to check out if you're interested. We bought some stickers, you know, that I could put on my Nalgene bottles and things like that. We decided to drive around a bit and then we headed to Jordan Pond. So my daughter had looked that up and said, you know, that's one of the kind of spots that, you know, people do go to when they hit up Acadia. Jordan uh, Pond, I can tell you, it was just really gorgeous. It definitely exceeded um, what my expectations were as I looked online and looked at the pictures. And I guess maybe because we went in the, you know, when it was in the wintertime basically, or, you know, it's spring, but it was covered in ice and snow and it was very peaceful and tranquil. And we only saw two other people as we were heading down along uh, the path that circles the lake. So it, you know, there are some advantages of going during the off season. And one of them is to have a lot of the trails uh, either to yourself or almost to yourself. Again, the disadvantages would be, you know, things such as the Jordan Pond house 
um, wasn't opened. There's a lot of the, you know, visitor stations and shops aren't open as well since it's off season. So a little bit about Jordan Pond. There is a Jordan Pond House restaurant um, and it was, and something that's uh, famous about this restaurant is that it was first established the tradition of having tea and popovers on the lawn while you overlook Jordan Pond in the North and South Bubble Mountains. So I did learn that the original building though was destroyed by a fire um, in the late 70s and it was rebuilt though. Now so the Jordan Pond House Restaurant is again not open until late May through late October but uh, a little bit more about Jordan Pond itself so Jordan Pond covers 187 acres and has a maximum depth of 150 feet and it has a shoreline of 3.6 miles and that is the trail that you can go around and the pond has very clear water and the visibility can be up to 61 feet so that's the deepest recordings that uh, have been in Maine it's a pretty cool place to visit and I have links to some pictures of how pretty it looks with the snow on top of it. I've put those in my links in the show notes. One thing that's interesting is that Acadia Park estimates that roughly 60% of park visitors will visit the pond, uh, primarily the tea house, at some point in their stay. So, you know, we kind of lucked out, of course, going in the off season where you're not getting very many people. So you do get you know, the experience of having uh, this very unique and uh, gorgeous pond to yourself. So after walking uh, part of the path of Jordan Pond and being out there in the snow and, and taking some pictures and just enjoying um, the weather, we decided to then, uh, before we left Acadia for the day, is we went to um, the only lighthouse in Acadia, and it's called Bass Harbor Headlight. So it's been a lighthouse since 1958, and it was automated in 1974. Its light can be seen 13 miles out to sea. Uh, right now, it serves as a Coast Guard residence. It's not open to the public, but there is a path that leads down to the shore um, or, you know, to the rocky shoreline where you can get some views uh, below of the structure. So we did see a bald eagle above us and, you know, went down the couple of flights of stairs and went along the rocks and took some pictures along the shore. So that was basically our day in Acadia. So, so we got to take the ocean path. We ended up at Jordan Pond and also got a lighthouse in. You know, it was just a first taste of the National Park, and I'm definitely glad we had a chance to go up there and spend some time. I would recommend for anyone who is interested in learning more to visit the show notes and the links to all of the resources out there so you can either spend a day or a whole week in Acadia. Again, I think that for those of you who might be on the fence and say, well, because of the places that aren't open during the off season, I may not want to give it a chance, I would say go ahead and do it because you can always find a way to go back, but this is the only time you will be able to experience the National Park at a level where you really do feel like you have the park to yourself and have that opportunity to explore and just connect with nature at a level that uh, a lot of times you don't get in a national park. 
what about all of you listeners? Have you uh, gone to Acadia National Park? What's been your experience? Have you ever gone in the off season? What about other national parks? Do you like going in the off season? And if so, um, what are some of the benefits that you've seen as well as um, tips you have for others? So drop me a line on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook and let me know what you think. Until next time, see you on the trail. Mm-hmm.